welcome to Digging Deep with Pastor Yemi and Pastor Dayo Ogunsaya. On today's series, we'll be teaching from the book of Romans. Are you ready to go deeper into God's word? Join us weekly as we go into the book of Romans, chapter by chapter. Now here we go, digging deep into Romans. Father in heaven, we thank you. We are so grateful to you for all that you do, what you are doing through this broadcast. We thank you for changed lives. We thank you, O Lord, for meeting needs, spiritual, emotional, physical needs, even through these words that you are sending out. Thank you for using us to be your vessels. We appreciate you. We glorify your name. We're here again tonight, O Lord, to receive from you words from heaven, fresh from above, O Lord. Speak to us in the name of Jesus. Let situations change even as we study your word because your word is the change agent. We receive the ability, the power that is in the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for the prayer. Hallelujah. Now, I believe you are ready tonight. You grab your notebook, grab your Bible, and a bottle of water or a cup of tea Amen. or coffee or whatever you drink. Hallelujah. We have been camping in this new book, the book of Romans, for about three to four weeks now. And tonight, we're going to continue. We still remain in the first chapter. Ah. Uh, I quickly want to bring you up to date on a few things. See, we cannot uh, fully exhaust everything <coughs> in the Bible. No human being can do that. Can fully just strip everything and take everything. But what we have seen so far, they are amazing. They have impacted our lives. I know they are producing amazing testimonies Amen. in your lives too. Amen. Uh, so we are just going step by step. Uh, in the deep revelation of what God, uh, through this great man called Apostle Paul, uh, to pen down for those of us that are New Testament believers now. It was good for the Romans. It's good for us. Amen. So this book was written, by, like we said, by Paul in around AD 15, 57 to 58. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was writing to the believers in Rome whom, as at that time, he had never met. He's never visited Rome. He was desiring to visit them. That was to be the climax of his ministry with Jesus. We will see as we keep reading. But he has never met them. But he has heard a lot about how they were standing strong in faith. Mm. And he felt encouraged to give them some doctrinal background and some uh, uh, instructions in Christian living. So he penned down his most extensive work about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, the book of Romans is one of the 13 epistles that Paul wrote. He wrote to third of the New Testament and thank God for his life. So what are the things we have seen? He spoke, we spoke, look at, he spoke about uh, the fact that he was a born servant of Jesus, he was a slave. We spoke about that. We have spoken about Christ's identity. He talked to them about grace, the purpose of grace, grace for obedience. Uh, in his introduction, 
in, in, in verses 1 to uh, 15 that we have considered uh, for a few weeks. Uh, last week, we spoke about faith. Uh, in verse 8, talk about the faith of the Romans, that it was being talked about all over the world. He commended them for that. Uh, he told them about his fervent prayers for them, that he was constantly praying for them. Uh, he spoke about the plan and the timing of God. Uh, that was the major reason why he has not been able to visit them. He said, yeah, even though it was in the plan of God to visit, but the timing it was not released. The time, time was not right. He had, the Holy Spirit kept sending him to other places and he kept ob obeying. But at the end of the day, he got to Rome, even though not the way he thought he would get there. Mm. He got to Rome as a prisoner <laughs> and he stayed there for, in, in, uh, as people said, in jail for about two years. Uh, but uh, he did what he had to do. Uh, he spoke encouragement. He spoke comfort that the reason why he wanted to come to them was that they can be both mutually encouraged, encouraged. that their faith, that the, the Roman believers can sharpen his faith and he can uh, encourage and comfort them. He spoke about imparting spiritual gifts to them. Uh, so spiritual gifts can be imparted. Uh, and then he told them about why he's doing what he's doing, that the love of God, he holds them the, the depth of love. That the love of God obligated him to preach the gospel. And then, uh, that was as far as we were able to go last week. If you miss any of the broadcast, you are, you can go on the, uh, the podcast. They are available now on Spotify. And then, or you can go on the YouTube and catch up. Educate your mind and feed your heart, your spirit with the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what are we doing tonight? Man? So tonight we are going to, you know, the a few verses. Today we would only dwell in two verses. But I would like to read uh, from verse 1 to 17. Tonight okay. we are going to talk about verses 16 and 17 about the gospel. So I will read from the New International Version, verses 1 to 17. Romans chapter 1. Paul is servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts 
to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Amen. Amen. I, I had somebody saying, oh, only two verses. These two verses will take us, can take us a whole year. Mm -hmm. Because this is the, now the book of Romans has 16 chapters. But the key verse, or the key verses in the whole book is these two verses. The way, the only, the, the key to understanding the, all the, all the chapters, every other thing Paul wrote about is verses 16 and 17. And that's why we are uh, devoting as much attention to it. And uh, if God say move on to tonight, we move on to 18 and 19. And, but let's look at these two verses. Let's open it up so that we can close it back again. I pray God will give us understanding tonight. And that the Holy Spirit that authored the book through Paul will speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the first thing that uh, in meditating about this earlier was what you read that he said he longed to see them. Uh, that he may impart spiritual gifts. Uh, we didn't dwell on that. What are the spiritual gifts that are impartable? Ah. Uh, now, to understand what Paul wrote, those, the same Paul wrote about those gifts of the spiritual gifts, mean gifts of the spirit through Paul. Mm. Huh? So he said to impart some gifts of the spirit to them as a congregation. Now, if we check 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if we read from, um, let's even look at it from verse 1, then we move on to verse 16. Because that's part of what the Holy Spirit has done for us. First Corinthians chapter 12, if we can look at it from the New King James Version. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts. Paul said, I want to, I want, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts. And that, this you make, okay. So this is talking about spiritual gifts. He said, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And it is very important that we, are, we know what those spiritual gifts are, how they operate, how to seek them, so that we don't get deceived by the enemy. Now, let's read a few verses, and then we will cut it off somewhere. He said, you know that you, you, that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols. Can you go to verse 4? Verse 4, please. He said, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit... There are differences of ministry, 
but the same Lord. So you have the Spirit, the Son, and what? There are what? What's the third one? There are diversities of activities, but the same God. You see Paul now bringing the Godhead into this discussion of spiritual gift. He started with the, uh, the, the Spirit. Then he moved to the Lord who represents Jesus, the Son. And then he spoke about activities. Now, in the body of Christ, he was writing to the Corinthians here, the old church. In the body of Christ, there are various gifts. There is the gift of Jesus. There is the gift of God. There are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All of them, we must know their place. Uh, now, it's for, now, what we are talking about tonight, it, they are the gifts of the Spirit. And in verse 4, it began to... Verse, let's keep going. Verse 6, uh, verse six now. It said, verse 6, there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, or the, 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 the way the gifts, spiritual gifts, manifest, he said, is given to each one for the profit of all. And it went, it went, Paul went ahead to mention nine manifestations of the Spirit. Ah, and he said, for to one is given the word of wisdom, to another, uh, the, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Okay. You see, it keeps saying spirit, spirit. Okay. Uh, to another, I call this special faith. It's not general faith in the Bible. Because you know Romans 10, 17 said faith comes by. That's general faith in God. Comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But this special faith, uh, and uh, if we have time, maybe next week we we'll, we'll Take each of these spiritual gifts and talk about them. I know you have a lot to say about each of them. And it would be good if, if Paul said we should not be ignorant of them. It's good we study them out. He said to another gifts. And this is the only plural gifts there. Gifts of healings. Because there are various ways the Holy Spirit manifests healing. Then he said by the same spirit. To another the working of miracles. You work miracles. Miracles are to be worked. He said, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirit, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of those tongues. He said, but in verse 4 and verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So Paul was saying, he longed to be with them. Uh, each of these gifts of the Spirit can be imparted directly through the Holy Spirit or through human vessels. And Paul was saying his desire was to visit them that he may impart to them these spiritual gifts. He was talking to the church, not to an individual. Mm. This, all these nine gifts are meant to, now you can categorize them. Well, next week we can do a study on them and, and talk about them. There are three different categories. The gifts that say something, the gift that uh, work something, or the, the gifts that reveal something. So you have the revelational gift, the, uh, uh, the power gift, and then the, uh, the, the, uh, 
utterance gifts. Uh, so, but we will look at them by the grace of God next week. Because Paul said we must not be ignorant. Amen. Amen. But those are the things Paul was, was looking forward to impart to them. So, in verse 16, he took a different turn here now. He said, for I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel? Now, I did a study in, briefly today about the gospel. In verse 1, Paul said the gospel of God. In verse, uh, in verse, um, in verse 9, he said the, the gospel of God's son, Jesus. In, verse, in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he said the gospel of grace. And then in uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 25, he said, my gospel. It's, there is only one gospel. And it is the gospel of God. It is the gospel of Jesus. It is the gospel of grace. And it is also not only Paul's gospel, but your gospel, my gospel, because Paul took ownership of it. It is the gospel of what God has done. The gospel simply means good news yes. of what God has done for mankind through Christ Jesus. So you don't begin to see, because in verse 1, it said gospel of God. And then in verse 9, it said the gospel of Jesus. So are there different gospel? No, it's only one. There is one gospel. There is one faith. There is one Lord. Amen. So, but Paul said he is not ashamed to talk about this good news. Because Why? It is the power of God. Power of God. The word used for power there, man, is the word dunamis. Miracle working power. That's where we get the word dynamite from. Explosive power. So, Paul is saying the gospel is the explosive power of God. To do what? To bring salvation to everyone. I'm so happy is to everyone. Not to a select few. He said, to everyone who believes. That's the only condition. First, to the Jews, and then to us, who used to be called Gentiles. Now we are sons and daughters of God. Uh, now let's look, that verse 16, there are some key words there. Uh, uh, and we take each of them. He said, we can even, we have spoken about gospel. What about, what does it mean? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What does that say to you? Ashamed. Can, can, can somebody be ashamed of good news? Um, yes. And um, what I see here is, you know, that word not ashamed means that, it says he's not ashamed. It means that he is not disgraced. Mm. He is not, he has confidence mm. in the gospel. Mm. You know, his confidence is not misplaced. Mm. Good. He is not, he's, he, it's, and I was thinking about it today, like, how do we, how do we even be, how do we even be ashamed of mm. the gospel? Mm -hmm. How do we get to be, how do we show mm. that we are ashamed of the gospel? Mm -hmm. Or, uh, what, what are, how do we show that we are unashamed as well? Now, first, mm. let me talk about how we show that we are ashamed of the gospel. We are ashamed of the gospel when we live unrepentant lives. An unrepentant life. When we, the Holy Spirit shows us something that is wrong in our, the gospel of God or gospel of Christ shows us something that is not and we don't repent. We are actually acting out being ashamed of the gospel. When we live a double life, when we, when we live a life at church, 
and then a different life outside. We are not able to translate what we live in the church to outside of the church to people. Then that is being ashamed of the of the gospel, indulging in things of the world. You know uh, all these things that are going on in the world, indulging in in them are is an evidence that we are ashamed of the gospel. Disobedience to the word of God. When God gives us an instruction from the gospel, from the good news, the gospel is not only about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and uh, John. It's about the totality of Christ, about the totality of the good news of, of Christ right from the beginning. So if we are blatantly disobedient to the word of God, to the instructions in the scripture, then we are showing that we are ashamed of the of the gospel, uh-huh. or, or and even walking in the counsel of unbelievers, mm-hmm. according to Psalm one verse one, says, "Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the uh, of the ungodly," uh-huh. you know, and so forth and so on. You know that is an evidence when when our counselors are counseling us against the word of God, and we are disobeying the word of God. We leave, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit points some things out to us. We are unrepentant. Those are evidences of being ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And why are people ashamed of the gospel? Probably because they don't know the gospel. If you don't know something, you know, you may not have confidence in that thing. And being ashamed of the gospel means that we are not confident in it. You know, if I don't know that this chair can hold me, I may not have confidence to sit on the chair. So when people are ashamed of the gospel, sometimes the result of not understanding the the power that is in the gospel, the dunamis or the dynamite that is in the uh, that is in the gospel. So on, not knowing the gospel is a is a way that shows that people, you know, that people could be ashamed. Of the gospel. Another reason is they don't know the power that is in the gospel. And again, uh, to show that we are not ashamed of the gospel, then it must dominate our lives. We must live out the gospel, you know, uh, to the extent that people that are around our sphere of influence, people that are around us know that when it comes to the word of God, this person does not change. This person will not deviate. They are going, you know, from morning to night, if you talk from morning till night, they are going to stand on the word of God. That means that they are standing. They are not moving. Uh, And and also, uh, how do we show that we are not ashamed of the gospel? We declare the gospel everywhere we go. We are not ashamed to pronounce the gospel. We are not afraid to, to speak the gospel. We are not afraid to live the gospel. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for uh, illumination that you are the light you have shed on the gospel. Uh, I'm going to add to, uh, to what Pastor has said tonight. Paul, the same Paul speaking about the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 mm-hmm. to the Corinthians this time around now, from verse 18 to 25. That, because let's look at this together. So that you know. Now, one in, in addition to what you have said, uh, Paul that was talking, you know, one of the reasons why Paul was saying he wasn't ashamed, in addition to everything you have mentioned, is the fact that 
even in our own time now, when you are talking about the message of the cross, people think, especially the young ones, they think it's foolishness. It's stupid. It's mm -hmm. stupidity. But Paul was saying, Paul, if in today's world, Paul had a PhD, was a scholar, and for him to say, hey, what I'm talking about is not foolishness. This is, <laughs> this is the real thing. Many times, even in the church today, there are some of us that don't understand the gospel. The gospel. And so we are not bold to let people, especially our children, talk about the gospel to them because we think it's foolishness. It's a fairy tale. It's like a myth. Somebody died in the street of Jerusalem and uh, so because of that, I'm going to heaven. Now, in most universities and colleges today, uh, thank God that our campus fellowship will soon be start taking off. Uh, universities and colleges were regarded as the citadel of learning. Now, if we look back, the Bible, and we talked about this a few days at home, a couple of days ago, that the Bible, the way God set things up, God is all-knowing. And this is the record of everything on this earth that God made. The Bible is the record. There is no wisdom, there is no knowledge that is superior to God's knowledge. So, the, the gospel is to, supposed to be the highest level of knowledge available to mankind, which is meant to supersede whatever we learn in universities mm -hmm. and colleges. But in all, almost all universities today, the, 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 Christian, the Christian doctrines have been relegated to just mere uh, human uh, imagination. We have gone from revelational knowledge to uh, sense knowledge, things we can verify, I can feel, I can touch. But Jesus, you know, did not uh, approach the word of God like that. You know, we were talking about it and said, the, 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 it's like two great professors from Yale or Harvard with a lot of student followers now inviting Jesus. Say, okay, this guy goes around talking some things which is not, it was, it's not certified. Uh -huh. So they invited him to, 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 to prove to their followers that he doesn't know what he was talking about. So they asked him a question. The, the one group was the Sadducees. The other group was the Pharisees. The difference between both of them was the Sadducees doesn't believe in life after death. The Pharisees believe in that. So they said to Jesus, they told him hypothetical. I don't like Christians asking you or me hypothetical questions. And they went to Jesus and said, oh, there was a lady that got married to a, woman, a man and uh, they have no child. The man died. He married the man's brother. That one died too, no child, up to marry seven brothers. And somebody said they need to find out what she was feeding them, that was killing them. So they asked Jesus the philosophical question. Okay, you said you believe in resurrection. If you believe in resurrection and the law of Moses said nobody is to marry an, a, a woman that's married to somebody, so whose wife will she be in the life after? 
But Jesus destroyed the premises on, upon the premises upon which they based their argument. He told them they were in the afterlife. There is no marriage. So if there is no marriage, whatever you are thinking here doesn't hold there. That's the end of. That's it. the end of it. Uh-huh. So uh, Jesus, you know, in, at the age of twelve, he was asking that one of the questions he asked is that, okay, you said they called the Lord the Son of David. We have read that it came out of the seed of David. But David, in his writing, called him Lord. So how can he be Lord? How can David, if he's a grandson of David, David call him Lord. And you said he's the son of David. And the Bible said they couldn't answer that question. In other words, Jesus was, he, he had reasons. One of the reasons why people don't, they're ashamed of the gospel is because they don't have reasons to, to back up what they believe. Something as small as tight payment. If you don't know the reasons why you should pay tight, you will be ashamed to say you are paying tight. You may, but Christianity, we must come, the body of Christ must come to a place where with the younger generation, we give them reasons why the gospel is the truth, the highest form of reality. That will strengthen their, and they will be proud to talk about the gospel on campuses. So uh, to give somebody proof, mm. you must know. You must know. That's part of what so that is the biggest yeah. issue. Yeah. If people do not know. Yeah. You know, they don't. Uh, many of us yeah. we don't know the totality of okay. the gospel. We don't know it. We're not aware. We can't back it up with reasons. Yes. So we just say that's what the Bible says. Just believe it. No, and the, like you told me, this younger generation they want to have, they want reasons. Yes. You, you want me to pay tight. What are the reasons? Yes, yes. And don't tell me because my daddy paid tight, I must pay tight. That's not enough reason. No, they will challenge. They are the generation that we are living this gospel today are confrontational generation. Yes. They will confront until you are able to tell them the yeah. truth. And it's important for us to go we'll know the truth. And know the truth. So two things we are talking about here. We must know the truth, which is the 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 the, 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 the promises of God. And then the reasons. Because for an argument to be valid, it must have reality and then reasons. Until there is two of them, you, it's, not, it's not accepted. So, but the Bible is complete. There are, there are the realities there. These are the realities and then the reasons. Jesus was able to provide reason. Paul reasoned with the philosophers of his time. And he was able to give, and many of them, came to the gospel. Why? Because now they know why they believe this. If you, can, if you cannot explain to your son the virgin birth, how do you expect your son to believe that a virgin can have a child? Oh, that what was written, what was written was not a myth. And how do you get to the point that you yourself will know? That is the question because what you don't know, you can't give yeah. to someone. Mm. How do we get to that point that of not being ashamed of, or being ignorant yes. of the gospel? Yep. Because you could be ashamed because you are ignorant. Ignorance. Of people the don't. Gospel. People want to. Ha- we always want to hide our ignorance. Yes. I don't yes. want people to know what I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the best way to do number one, God has given us the Holy Spirit, yep. who is the interpreter of the Scripture, the revelator of the Word of God. Mm. So we we engage Him. Holy Spirit, help me. I want to understand what this thing is about. Mm -hmm. Tell me, show me the good news Mm -hmm. so that I will not be ashamed, especially with our children, like like we have been talking about. If your child does not know, understand why they need to be born again, Mm 
then it's a problem. Because, and, you know, you, you are not leaving them anything mm -hmm. where you leave. Mm -hmm. the, the most important thing to leave your child is not money. It's not, it's not houses downtown, not condominiums, mm -hmm. but the truth of the gospel, of the word of God. Yeah, because the so, truth is the same yesterday, today, today and, and forever. forever. It's unchangeable. Yeah, it and if they know the truth, they are not, they will be... Uh, immune to deception. Yes, yes. The truth inoculates you to deception. And the truth of the gospel, it's so, it, it's, that is where you mm. will find your prosperity. Yeah. So that that's what we are talking about tonight. <laughs> now, 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 let's jump into this thing. That's what we are talking. I don't want pastor to, to get to the conclusion before. Now, let's read that first Corinthians and then we'll keep, we'll pick up the discussion. So you will know what we are saying is actually from the Bible. The Bible is self-explanatory. It's complete. Ah, he said, for the message of the cross, I'm reading from the New King James Version, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. That Jesus went to the cross, oh, man, that, that's, but to us who have been saved, it is what? The power of God. Of God. Do that means of God. For it is written, God said, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And bring to nothing the understanding of the so-called prudent people in this world. He said, so the Bible said, where is the wise? Where are the scribes, the learned ones? Where are they? Where are the disputers of this age? He said, has not God made foolish in the wisdom of this world? Through Jesus Christ, God, the Bible said, if the rulers of the world have known, they wouldn't have touched them. But God caught them in their wisdom. So, for since the wisdom, in the wisdom of God, in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, or they failed to recognize God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the gospel to save those who believe. For Jews, the Jewish people, they are always requesting, and I've seen many Christians, some Christians now, uh, oh, without sign. No, you are not a Jew. Jews are always demanding for sign. The Bible said Jews request a sign. The Greek, they are the philosophers. They go after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Which to the Jew is a stumbling block. Because they want to see something before they believe. So Jesus said, I will not give you any sign. The only sign I will give you is that three days, three nights, the sign of Jonah. And that's a sign he gave them. So, but to the what? The Greek. The, 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 the Christ crucified is foolishness. But the Bible said in verse 24, to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. I want you to see this part very well. Because in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, it said the gospel is the power. But it's not only the power, it's also the wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom, like you told us, is Sophia, uh, or in, in, most, or in most places in the Old Testament, they call it skill, ability. So inside the gospel of Christ is the ability of God. It's the skill to get your assignment done. It's the power to back it up. So it's, it, it's something that you should be interested in. Because it has power and it has uh, skill. Mm -hmm. I, those are the two things I need. Those are the two things you need. And you too, you need them. So, he said, because the foolishness of God is wiser than the weakness, uh, than the, than the, is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. 
So, we are not ashamed to talk about Christ crucified. Because every time we talk about him, we are demonstrating the power of God and the wisdom of God that is superior to this earthly wisdom. There is a wisdom of the world, but there is the wisdom of God that is that we get things done. There is the ability of God, and they are all in us. They are also available in the world. Amen. So, what you are saying, the gospel delivers what? Now, in uh, the gospel gets... Let's read a couple of scriptures and uh, you'll flow with us on this. Uh, uh, it produces, without the gospel, there can be no new, new birth. First Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 23. First Peter 1, 23 said, Having been born again, not of corrupted, or corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides. So the gospel of Jesus is what gave us this new status that we have with God as children of God. So it also gives salvation. The word salvation, uh, it, it, yeah, is in the New Testament is the word soteria. In the Old Testament, in most of the time, is the word uh, Yeshua or Yasa, which in the, in the Hebrew and New Testament, it means the same. A lot of things are compacted into this. Uh, it, it means, listen, it means salvation, deliverance, save, health, help, Welfare, safety, victory, savior, defend, avenge, rescue, and preserve. It's an all-inclusive word. That's you are mentioning prosperity. It's the same gospel. This gospel of Christ is what will prosper your, that your business without sorrow. The gospel of Christ is what will heal your body. The gospel of Christ is what will deliver you from satanic attacks. It's everything is in this gospel. And I don't know why anybody would want to be ashamed of if somebody make a medication. And they said this medication is uh, all in one. Go go in shape. This medication will handle everything. I'm telling you, everybody will be buying it. Even if it's one, one million, you're going to get one million. But the gospel of Jesus is the all-rounder for every ailment of mankind. The solution is in this gospel. That's why a professor like Paul said he's not ashamed to proclaim it everywhere. That's why he said every other athlete's uh, accomplishment he has, he has counted them as rubbish in comparison to this gospel. He said this is the main thing. Jesus told us a parable. He said the, the kingdom of God is like a pearl, a pearl that somebody finds and in the field and he'll go back to purchase it. He'll go and sell off everything he has and come and purchase this one. This is the main thing your life should be about. Like pastor said, this is the, what you need to know to make it from point A to point B without an husband. I think I need to stop preaching. <laughs> and where do you find the gospel? Yeah, talk to us. Where you, the gospel is the embodiment of all Jesus Christ is. You know? you look in the New Testament mm. of the, everything that he spoke about, mm. everything that he represented mm. when he came here, everything that he did and what he brought gave to his disciples mm. brought down to people like Paul and the other ones the epistles mm. that's the gospel of Christ, Amen. you know and, and because we, we, we may be looking at, ah it's so enormous it's too much. We cannot understand it. Like I was saying earlier, 
if I, like you said, if I have the the capsule uh-huh. that can take care of everything, uh-huh. why do I need to be running after uh, uh, different medications? Yeah. That can only take care of certain aspects. Why not go after the one that will take care of everything? Like the man that is looking to buy a house for his son, Mm -hmm. you know, in uh, in downtown, buying him or or buying his son a condo in downtown, you know, because he wants to give the son a future. Why don't you give him the gospel? Mm -hmm. Because the gospel will not buy him just one house. It will buy him many. It will buy him a city, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's very important to know that the source of the gospel is the word of God, the, word of God. the scripture. And that's where we find the gospel. That's mm-hmm. when we find the good news. But many of us, we are, like we were, I think it was you and I that were talking about the laziness of Christians yeah. to, to, to go into the word and find the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the devil is not joking. Because if he can keep you ignorant, yeah. he can take care of your life. Yeah. You will make sure that he can, like you always say, man's enemy is nothing but his ignorance. That is the ignorance. The moment we open the scripture and there is light, there is revelation, <laughs> we are free. Mm-hmm. We are free. So what is the, what is, how do we get the gospel? Go into the scripture. Go into the scripture. Uh, engage the Holy Spirit to explain the scripture to you. And then, Begin to meditate on it. Begin to think about it. You know, have thinking sessions. I was talking about it on Saturday. That even if it's only 10 minutes, think about that gospel. Mm, yep. And it That's becomes a contemplative expand. aspect. Yes, yeah. med- meditate mm. on it. And it begins to expand. And use it. Just like that medication, until you use it, it won't work. Mm. So act on it. Leave it. Leave it out. You know, speak it out. You know, the, the Lord told the children of Israel that in the book of Deuteronomy that the, his word <laughs> at that time, yeah. that they should have it in their house. Yeah. They should have it at their doorpost. Yeah. They should inscribe it. If you can have tattoo, if you are able to have uh-huh. tattoo, you tattoo inscribe to your it on body, inscribe it on the palm, of your, on hand, the palm yeah. of your hand. Then teach it to your children. Yeah. And the that, Jews do that on the phalanges of their, they, they, they tie the scripture there. Yes, yes. Prayer points and all that. And and then talk about it to your children. The children of this generation, they are missing Mm. the word of God. Mm. And it seems as if the word is is being uh, uh, watered down. Mm. And that is the reason that people are not sure. I mean, if you talk to us when we were growing up, the virgin birth, even though we were not permitted to ask questions, but we had understanding of how it happened. Children of nowadays don't really know much yeah. about it. Yeah. Now they are replacing Easter, Jesus Christ at Easter with eggs uh, and, and, uh, and bunny. Uh, you know, they are replacing Christmas with And a Santa. lot of parents are encouraging that. And, and, it's happen- and that is being ashamed of yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Because they are taking out Jesus. They are mm. taking Jesus out. Yeah. And, and the devil is not joking. These are gimmicks that the devil is using yeah. to cover people's eyes. From reaching into the gospel. Now, the word of God, we're talking about how do we get in the gospel? How do we find the gospel? The word of God could be, you you, you can look at the word, you can study the word of God in two ways. You can look at it figuratively to give you historical account and all that. Yeah, that is good. But there is the contemplative aspect, the formative aspect. The The word of God has the inherent ability 
to transform anyone's life. Mm -hmm. When we live in it, when we meditate, you mentioned thinking. When we think it, that's why Jesus said, they asked him, they said, okay, summarize the old law and the prophet for us. You said you are, you are a teacher. So, how can you in, they ask him in a nutshell question? Moses gave us 600 and something laws and statutes. We have some, we have major prophets, we have minor prophets. You tell us what, which one is more important, which is the high, which is the most important law. In other words, give us your own version. So Jesus told them, you must, you, uh, I think Matthew 12, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like unto it, you love your neighbor as yourself. He said, upon these two and all the law and the prophet. In other words, I'm to love. Now, he deliberately mentioned four parts of man. That to get in the gospel must take these four parts. Your heart, yes, yes. your soul, your emotion, and then your strength, and then your mind. Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned thinking. Yes. Without a, a lot, it didn't just say your heart. You see, Christianity was kind of reduced to, oh, it's just the truth. Yeah. We, we suspend our mind. Yes, yes, yes. We just pray in tongues, pray in tongues, and then quote scriptures. We don't even think and reason about what does this mean. And you were telling me that Jesus encourages reasoning. Reasoning. Because that's what he was doing with the yeah, Pharisees. Yeah, and the he was Sadducees. reasoning with them. And the same thing Paul did. Yeah. He went and, and reasoned. Reason. For people. years, he would stay in one with the school of uh, the Taratina or whatever and reason with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's important. It's very important to reason because it's it, meditation. It, 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 that is what causes shame. Yeah. If you don't have an understanding, yeah. Yeah. you know, like I, we have said earlier, that sometimes or many times we just take it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. We don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my daughter the other day, you know, she was asking a question about, so how do you deal with this situation oh. if, uh, you know, somebody is wrong and you cannot correct yeah. them, you know? That is somebody that is thinking, yeah. you know, you're thinking, okay, how do, and I told her, you know what? You don't need to go about and correct people. You just bring your own truth. Yeah. Meaning that you go into the scripture, yeah. find out the truth, bring your own truth, and begin to explain the yeah. truth to people, opening their eyes to the truth. Yeah. The truth would always prevail over lies anyway. But for us, again, for us as Christians, we must dwell in the scripture, yeah. ask questions yeah. about the scripture. Yeah. And I, one thing I know about God is once we open our hearts, and ask genuine questions. There is a difference between asking questions and questioning God. Yeah. Because sometimes when we are ask, when we say we are asking questions, we, we are questioning, questioning him, God. like Job. Sir, Job yes, was not asking questions. He was questioning God's integrity. It's integrity. And that's why God came and asked him that, okay, you've been saying all this. Uh, you tell me this. Know. Do you know this? Mm -hmm. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. So, and just like Zachariah, Zachariah was questioning. questioning you want me to believe that? How do you expect me to? That's, that's the, questioning God. Yes, the difference between Zachariah and, and Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus. So, but when we, when we open our hearts, because somebody that is asking a question, is opening his heart to, to know, to receive give information. Me yes. Prove this. To you. Show me. Yes, sir. But if you are questioning God, that means that you already closed your mind yeah. to the truth. You're just like, okay. Like people that will be questioning, well, how come we still have to pay tithe? Mm -hmm. Those, uh, you know, if you want to know, 
about tithe. Go it's study it out in the Bible. It's different from, and many people who question, they don't want to go yeah. and study. Yeah. They don't want to go and study. But we must be students of people, we must be people that are students of the word, yeah. that want to learn, that mm. want to know the truth. Thank you. That's very important. I was studying along a particular line in some other things I do, and I was reading the word of a, a renowned uh, scientist concerning even the, 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 the existence of God. He said, I don't want to, I don't want to believe there is God. I don't want a situation, I don't want to, it, I don't want to find out there is God. But everything I see is pointing there, so he said, I don't want it. So they were, they, 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 they devote the, all their study to proving that there is no God. But he said, the, the, the more they do it, the more they see that there is a creator, a designer. But he said, personally, he just doesn't want it to be true that there is God. He hated it. They want the world to just be something they can explain that it all ends here, that uh, the ultimate reality is, uh, is just whatever you think is true. They call it really, uh, uh, relativity, that you know, cultures differ. So what is true in Canada may not be true in, in, in Nigeria. And what is true in Nigeria may not be true in China. But no, the truth, the word of God is true in Nigeria, is true in Ghana, is true in Canada, is true in China. If not, it will not be the truth. So the word of God can transform. That's why Romans chapter 12 said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we must give ourselves to reasoning the scripture. Think scripture. Take a now, I think in some, in some circle, they call it uh, Letio Divina, so they use some word, that you just take a scripture, which is nothing but meditation. You take a scripture, you read it out loud, and you let your mind dwell on it. Mm-hmm. That is when it's like take an orange and you squeeze out. You don't enjoy the benefit of an orange, what's in it, unless you squeeze it. Mm-hmm. You apply pressure. Then the juice come out. Then you can, but if you just take the orange and put it on your hand, Figuratively, you can describe the orange how it is, mm-hmm. but you will never get the juice of it without squeezing it. The scripture, the word of God, we need delivers what is in it to us when we reason and meditate on what it says. That's what transforms people's life. That's why a, a somebody like Paul could say, I am not ashamed. That's why you have uh, St. Augustine and all these other people, including Pastor Dio, with, uh, with all our uh, Secular accomplishment could be sitting and be studying the word day and night. Why? Because the, it is the power of God. Power. It's also the wisdom of God. Amen. Inside the gospel, you will know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Mm. And you have the ability, the dynamic power of God, to suppress opposition. So it's, it's a win-win situation. You can't lose without the gospel. So, but let's look at the next word there. Well, you said some here, here, I just want to read to us what the Mm. gospel is about. Mm. It's the power of God to produce the new birth. Mm -hmm. The power to give salvation. Mm -hmm. The power to impart grace to us. The power to establish us in the faith. Mm -hmm. The power to generate faith inside Mm -hmm. of us. The power to set us free. Mm -hmm. The power to nourish our spiritual life. 
the power to clean the church, mm-hmm. the power to search the life, mm-hmm. the power to make us partakers of Christ, yeah. the power to impact immortality, yes. the power to bring peace to mm-hmm. us, the power to protect us, the power to give us the fullness, fullness of, of the, the blessings of God. The, so what else is left? Nothing. I believe this is for you tonight. You need to make a decision. I'm going to get in this gospel. I'm going to get, I, I'm, I want this. By now you should be saying, I want the gospel. I want this capsule. This all, all doing capsule of God through Jesus that, that came. Now, Jesus, now when we were growing up, we thought all Jesus did was just to open the door for us so that when we die, we go to heaven. That's not all. That's just like one tenth. Part of it. That's just part of it. In the word of Creflo Dollar, it's a whole pie. Yes. Yeah. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Yes. To have a good, fulfilling life, you need the because, gospel. Because the moment you get born again, it's not when you are going to heaven. You know, you don't born, get born again and die on the yeah. same day. You, you still have to live here. You have here. something to do. So the majority of what is, apart from going to heaven, like you said, yeah. it's just one part. Most of what you need salvation for, they are here. Is for here. You don't need protection in heaven. Yeah, you don't no need grace. There. Yeah. There's no need for grace yeah. in heaven. There's no need for the church to be established in heaven. Yeah. The church would need needs to be established yeah. here. So all the things that we need the gospel for, yeah. most for the most part, is here on yeah. earth. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Okay, the what last did, what did we do? <laughs> the last part of it talks about the salvation. And mm. I think we've we, you know, we've spoken about yeah, it. Yeah. What what is salvation? What does salvation do? Salvation delivers us from danger. Mm-hmm. It gives us victory over the enemy. Yes. I give the Bible verse. Somebody take your pen and write them down. Exodus and check them out. for to deliver you from danger. Exodus chapter fourteen verse thirteen. Victory from the enemy. That is what sa- salvation does. The soteria that we are talking about. First Samuel chapter fourteen verse twenty three. Healing of the body. That's part of salvation. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Forgiveness of sin. That's what most people know salvation about, but that's part of salvation. Mm-hmm. That's Luke chapter 19, verse 9. Romans 10, 9 to 10. Psalm 38, verse 18 to 22. Freedom from prison. Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. Prison, you know, you've been Could in be prison anything, by yeah. anything. It could be bondage, limitations, and all that. Could be habits. It could be a habit, yes. Imprisoned by habits. Deliverance from captivity. Psalm 14, verse 7. Deliverance from wrath. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. In other words, there is nothing, and I know we've said this, there is nothing that you as an individual might be going through tonight that doesn't have a remedy, a God-ordained remedy in the gospel of Jesus. Jesus came to make the man totally and completely free and to have a fulfillment. He said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. The Amplified Bible said, till it overflows. That is the gospel that we are talking about. And next week, we are going to talk about verse 17. <laughs> so today, in conclusion, we, we identified two things from this yeah. verse. You know, from verse 16, talking about the gospel of Christ. 
as well as the salvation. The gospel gives us salvation. We should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Uh, we need to know the, the reason people are afraid, ashamed of something is because they are not aware of that thing. They don't know the totality, the power that is in, inside of that thing. So uh, I just want to encourage us tonight that we go and look into the gospel so that we can get confidence from the gospel for the salvation. All the things that the gospel has provided for us, we have it. When we don't know something, we may not know how to, what we can get out of it. Just like you said with the, uh, with the orange, if we don't know that we can squeeze orange, you know, we may not get anything out of it. But if you don't know that we can squeeze the gospel, we can get prosperity from the gospel, yeah. we can get health and healing yeah. from the gospel of yeah. Christ, we may not know. And the devil does not want us to know this. So go after the gospel and God will bless you as you do that this week Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you for the words that we have heard tonight. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for such a time like this that we are aware that of your gospel. Yes. Of, of, of what the gospel encompasses. Father, we thank you. Thank you. We receive the grace to go further. Yes, Lord. We receive the grace to know you better. Yes, we receive the grace to love you better. Yes, Lord. And to receive all that you have thank for us, you, oh Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we see you next week, Tuesday. Amen. Jesus is Lord.